You're listening to Likely Story on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Shelby here, your co-host, and it is time for episode 31. I'm your other host, co-host, Polly, here with Shelby. All right. <laughs> Let's get started. Let's do it. We have kind of a big follow-up that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, and this is this shows how we remember our episodes, because <laughs> this was from a while ago. <laughs> this was from a while ago. Um Last year, we talked about some of the uh, the discrimination law that was passed in Indiana, which um, luckily they self-corrected and put back in protections, basically balancing out what they had already passed. Yep. Um, but we are seeing some new efforts in Mississippi and North Carolina um, in the name of religious freedom to mm-hmm. discriminate against humans. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like... One, this is really important, and if you don't watch the news, but for some reason listen to our <laughs> podcast, I just feel like we have a responsibility to talk about this because it's really important. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I think just as like the precursor to some conversation, so um, in, uh, in North Carolina, this has actually um, happened first, but... So in North Carolina, um, they've passed the North Carolina Public Facilities Privacy and Security Act. Which happened in what? Like 24 hours? It happened It happened in 12 hours. Okay. So I was giving them more time. Yep. (laughs) It happened in 12 hours. It went through their House, their Senate, and was signed by their governor. And so what this one does is that it requires um, public colleges and universities uh, was like the intent of the language, but also includes all other public and government buildings. Um, that so those buildings that have restrooms that they enforce that people use the restroom that's associated with the gender on their birth certificate. So that's North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Then we'll go up and talk about Mississippi first a little bit. But in Mississippi, this just passed the other week, and they call it the Protecting Freedom of Conscious from Government Discrimination Act. And it was signed by the governor, I think, just about a week or so ago. Mm -hmm. And this law allows people to deny services to specifically to the LGBT community based on, quote unquote, deeply held religious beliefs. Um, And so this is the whole like um, argument that a bakery and a baker not be forced to bake a wedding cake for a gay or lesbian couple. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is, you know, the religious freedom that everyone should be owed. Yes. Um, I think both are getting rightfully so a lot of attention in the news and both are rightfully horrible, mm-hmm. um, legitimately horrible. Yep. And I am not <laughs> like, I don't at all want to tone down that I completely <laughs> disagree with what's happening. Um, I think for me, um, So in Mississippi, there has been, you know, civil rights groups are um, protesting. Um, They're really mobilizing against this. But I just, there's just this fault in the argument about serving people and, and who you get to serve or not. And 
what these basic foundational religious beliefs are. Um, And we do, I will link in the show notes, um, there's a really great NPR story Mm -hmm. that gets to the heart of this a lot better than we could do. But um, they interview a baker, like a wedding cake baker (laughs) in Mississippi, and he describes himself, I mean, like, he was so funny to hear because he comes on and he's got his strong Southern accent (laughs) and like very (laughs) gentlemanly. Um, And he describes himself as incredibly conservative and incredibly religious. And he is so against this law and did not understand why it was passed and thinks that it completely puts Mississippi in the wrong light for all of the work they've tried to do to get over their consistently horrible behavior and laws. Um, and he, one of his kind of quotes was that he says, I'm not in the business of, I'm in the business of making cakes. I'm not in the business of judging people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just really like stuck out to me as like, that is the heart of Christianity <laughs> yep. to my understanding. <laughs> yep. I, I was in the car when I first heard this NPR story and when he said that quote and when they were just talking to him in general, it was like this, like this is christ-like like this is living yeah your beliefs yeah (laughs) like to discriminate against someone else because you i mean i'm fairly positive the whole thing is that like no one else has a right to judge other people yeah right yeah that's not our duty that was my understanding yeah um so yeah it's it is incredibly terrible and frustrating and I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, (laughs) They need to self-correct on this completely. And I think I'm hopeful that so many groups on either side, like right or left, civil rights groups, predominantly business-oriented groups, Mm -hmm. like everyone kind of comes together to say that this isn't what we want. And it's still just, it's really disheartening that this stuff passes in the first place. I mean, Colorado has tried mm-hmm. um, and has had several bills in the recent years trying to do this and it has never made it far. We shut it down. <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, that, like, it's still disheartening that that you have to fight against these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's ridiculous. Um, I think we'll see the, I don't know, I'm hopeful that the outrage will grow. Um, in North Carolina, that, the, um, the, outrage and frustration and groups mobilizing and big public statements has mainly been around North Carolina right now because that um, passed a few weeks ago. And so there's been a lot of kind of growing, Mm -hmm. um, whereas Mississippi, it's been about a week. Um, So I think we'll start to see that. But um, I mean, Bruce Springsteen canceled his North Carolina show, Mm -hmm. um, similar to what was happening in Indiana when they tried this last fall initially. Um, companies are canceling business, like PayPal was going to open and expand facilities in North Carolina, which would have brought in 400 new jobs Mm -hmm. and they are not doing that anymore. Um, to which there has been a public outcry of like, well, that's not fair. And I think PayPal is saying exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That Uh, is our point. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, Joel, Joel McHale had, um, a comedy show there recently and he went ahead with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, he had made a comment of, you know, like, this is important 
to my fans and like I'm going to have the show and then he yeah. took every single dollar from the ticket sales and donated it to civil rights activist groups. That's awesome. Um but I just don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> the UNC president also came out and said that she would fully enforce the law. Yeah, which is interesting because it's really it's nearly impossible to actually enforce. Um, but my friend went to UNC for her master's program and yeah. I asked her what she thought of this and, uh, her, her response was boo mm-hmm. and then said probably because their funding is tied to enforcing state laws or because she sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got a couple of friends that live in the area and go to the school still and, um, or work there and have posted a lot. I and I mean I don't know based on stuff we've seen recently in other areas from um Colorado universities like you could not make a public statement supporting and saying you're going to enforce the law. Yeah. You could do the opposite. Yep. And have a lot of weight to kind of throw at how terrible this is. Mm-hmm. Um, like all in the private universities in North Carolina are doing that. Yeah, the law doesn't affect them up. technically, but yeah, they're you know they're sending just, out releases. It's and- so specifically discriminatory against the transgender community that I just don't like. I don't know how people think they're on the right side of history with this. No, they're not. You know, like. I just don't, I don't know how you argue through that this is some sort of like great protection. There were several articles, um, folks interviewing police chiefs and um, kind of major areas saying like, mm-hmm. well, how are you going to enforce this? And they were like, yeah, we can't. Yeah. Like one, you need to allocate so many resources and what, do we suddenly have a guard at every bathroom yeah. facility that's public? Like, you know, and so from that angle, I think, like, the police can't really enforce this. No. But in the same vein, like, that doesn't even matter. Like, that's not even the heart. Like, the heart of this is that you are now making a community feel even more unsafe than they already do and facing even more discrimination Which they're the than most they discriminated face. group. I mean, suicide rates among trans yeah. individuals and, I mean, arrest rates. It, yeah. It, we... The Daily Show spent an entire episode um, mm-hmm. talking about these issues, and um, Jessica Williams interviewed um, a trans woman who is actually being represented by the ACLU, who was arrested literally for being a black trans woman. Mm-hmm. She went into a hotel because she was attending a funeral, and she went to check in, and the front desk attendant called the police and said that there was... Um, a person dressed in women's clothing but had a male identification. And Mm -hmm. so she um, thought that this was... This was unsafe. And so the police came and arrested her. Yeah. Um, And she's being represented by the ACLU now, which is great. Um, But I think it's something like 47% of the trans community will be arrested at some point. And Mm -hmm. it's for things like this. Like, it's not because... Of violence or predatory attacks yeah. or yeah. anything they went along through, those like, lines. It's, yeah. Um, and what did they say? Uh, that she had, um, she ended up being in jail for eight days, was only in town in Iowa, actually, yeah. to go to a funeral. Um, and the only thing that they could come up with on the spot to arrest her was that she didn't currently have the prescription for her, um, her hormone drugs, uh, 
like on her. Yeah. Like she couldn't provide the written prescription. On because that's because we can all do that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> when I go traveling, I bring all of my paper prescriptions to provide to police in the event of yeah. being arrested. So it's just I mean the yeah. discrimination already is rampant, and I think this is just I don't just know. Rubbing it in some more. I think the the Daily Show clip was really helpful. Um we will definitely post the link yes. to it. Um because Jessica Williams does a great job of showing how ridiculous this is. And unfortunately, um, we have a representative from Colorado who made a large appearance in that clip. He did. He got skewered, but he's yes. still there. Yes. <laughs> and he is an elected representative. He, this is why down ballot races matter, people. <laughs> so you don't get people like this. Pay attention to your, your local laws. politics. <laughs> Colorado Springs. Yes. Um, yeah. It's terrible and bad, and if you live in either of these states, <laughs> please connect with advocacy groups that are working on this and yeah. pay attention to your local politics and pay attention to who's speaking out for or against these things and try to figure out how you feel about it, which should be that you don't agree with these things. Yes. This is um, flat-out discrimination. There's a great meme that's been going around on Facebook that says, I would rather pee next to a trans person than a bigot. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I would as well. And there's also uh, there there's also a level of like, you know, they these bathroom laws specifically are to quote unquote make women and children safer from yes. these like evil trans men who are like coming into their bathroom to like molest yeah. their children. But because that happens, what's really interesting, and this just opens up more discrimination against the trans community, is because a lot of people um, in the trans community can um, are able to what they call pass. So they pass for the gender that they associate with. So mm-hmm. they, if a, a trans man looks very masculine and manly, but his gender on his birth certificate is a female, that is going to cause a much greater uprising of that man peeing in a woman's bathroom mm-hmm. than just letting him choose the bathroom that matches his gender identity. Yeah. And it just, it does open up for more discrimination against the trans community because people will see that and think and will be what? upset. Yeah, yeah. Like, why is this person yeah. peeing in my bathroom? Yeah. So it's just... It's just more ways to like attack the community mm-hmm. and it's upsetting. Yeah. Also, I read and we'll post this as well. Um, 538 did a piece um, about all of the pieces of legislation across the country that have been introduced um, and they honed in on a couple of them. And one of the, um, one of the ways that they, a couple of the states have determined um, how someone can go into which bathroom is based on their chromosomes. Mm-hmm. So 13 bills in this country said that gender identity is based off of a person's chromosomes. Sure. Because that's easy to just like whip out a blood test. As just, It's just so ridiculous. Like, sometimes people so hateful. <laughs> just need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. It's just, I just don't. And it's don't not know. a big deal. It shouldn't be. <laughs> Like, that's the thing, that it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, all right. This is just our plea to pay attention to what's <laughs> happening in the world and 
Try to do your part to make it a better place and for your, everyone and not a worse place. And write your legislators. I know people don't think that that works, but I've seen firsthand that yeah. if legislators get enough emails from, and not every legislator, like Clegan Schmidt, you can't do anything to change that hateful man's mind. But um, You could not reelect him. Yeah. And also, I know of other legislators for different causes, obviously, that we were able to pump enough constituent letters into them that they changed their votes on issues because they represent their constituency and they heard enough from their constituency that this was a bad idea. So, yeah, it's one way to get active. Yes. Let us know offline if you would like other suggestions. (laughs) I just think this is really important. And we've seen a lot coming out of both Mississippi and North Carolina that that is positive and heartwarming of like, this is really uniting a lot of um, strange bedfellows yeah, to say. come against these laws that they all agree that, you know, but to the same degree they passed somehow. Mm-hmm. And so there's work to be done in 12 hours in 12 hours, which makes me at least feel better about how Colorado has to do something. <laughs> Until it's like the last week. Well, there's certain rules and then all the rules kind of go away like the last week of the legislative session. But got to get stuff passed. Anyway, get out there. Try to support people and be nice. Yeah. Just be a good human. Just be a good human. (laughs) It shouldn't be that difficult. No. But we've realized for some people it genuinely is. Clearly. um, All right. That is our follow-up piece. And now let's get into not reality. (laughs) Um, This is your official warning right now. It was great to have you join us, but we are going to talk about The Walking Dead season six. All of it. All of it, including the finale, including predictions. If you are not caught up and are very against hearing spoilers and have somehow not been on the internet the last week... Please just turn us off and we'll see you or you'll hear us again in two weeks. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. Yes, we are. Holy crap, season six. Season six was nutso. Oh my gosh. Overall, do you have an overall feeling of the season? Um, I I liked this season. Yeah. Um. Because they were all together for the most part. There are mm-hmm. some exceptions to that, like Glenn going missing. Um, but I like it when they're together better. Yeah. Um, I think there was also some interesting character development. Hmm. Um, Carol being mm-hmm. that. Um, and then uh, I think Rick went through some interesting twists and turns like going from kind of like a rabid dog out in the wild to like (laughs) being more contained being suburban rick (laughs) yeah being (laughs) suburban rick um but i thought it was good um yeah overall i thought it was good yeah i have um i have mixed opinions and i'm completely being swayed lately by some um reviews and critics that have been talking about the season (laughs) Um, what I, I don't know. I mean, I think the intensity, like this season felt like a bridge, like Mm -hmm. this was very much a bridge to a new type of reality for the group. Yeah. I did like for the, for the most part, they were all together. 
Um, but it felt like the intensity was building all season, which I appreciate. Like mm-hmm. you kind of, it was kind of like a reset. Yeah. Like we're going to create a new foundation of what reality is like. We have to reset that over an entire season. Yeah. What I didn't like was that I just felt like um, the showrunners, producers, whatever, whoever's responsible for this, <laughs> used a lot of tricks yeah. throughout the season to try to engage, or I'll assume their intent was to engage the audience, yeah. um, but I think really backfired because this audience is already engaged and we've, yeah. we've been with them the whole time. Um, so like the cliffhangers with Glenn of like, oh my gosh, Glenn almost dies. And then we don't come back to that story for like three episodes. I think it was longer than that, wasn't it? I don't, I mean, like I know, and you, I know how to note you wanted to talk about more the, the episode that focused on Morgan, Yeah, but like for a lot of people and in some reviews I've seen, these terrible mid-season cliffhangers and then not getting back to that storyline for so long it made me and we've talked about this before like i didn't care like i could not tell you what happened in any of those three episodes because all i wanted to hear about was glenn's storyline and they didn't get to it and that and i will agree with you there that is actually why i didn't like and I'm sorry, my earlier seasons are a bit jumbled just because I binge <laughs> watch them all in a day. <laughs> but I think it was um, like the road to Terminus when they mm-hmm. were all separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I hated that because yeah. it, it wasn't that big of a deal because I was binge watching. So like three episodes goes by a lot quicker than it does when you're watching it live. Yeah. Um, but I didn't like like getting involved in a story and then not being able to get back to that story for two, three, four weeks or right. episodes. Yeah. Um, so I'll agree with you there in that. And I wanted to know, the, I when I think of the Morgan episode, I think of it as a total, like, I don't even think of it as season six. Like, it's just this it's, side episode. It's, <laughs> oh, it's like, it's like Fear the Walking Dead like Morgan, <laughs> Morgan, Morgan's life, a walking dead story. Yeah. Um, but I too, when like I started that episode, I was like, what? Yeah. What are you guys doing? And yeah. then I realized they were never going to get back to the main group, that this was literally just going to be about Morgan. And I'm like, okay. Also it was a 90 minute episode. It was. <laughs> I totally um, forgot that. So, which yeah. I don't know if that was the best use of a 90-minute episode either. I don't know. I, yeah. So I don't think of the Morgan episode as, like, a season six, like, in line. I right. do think of it as a standalone, like... Great episode yeah. by itself yeah. or in any other context. Yeah. I think that um, something that I think season six was different in a lot of ways is that uh, they used... Um, side plots and kind of time shift and time, not time travel in terms of like space (laughs) time travel, but like there were jumps in time and then even within explained that weren't explained. And even within episodes, they used, um, shifts in time where they would start the episode at kind of the end, like let's say at five o'clock PM and then all of a sudden it hops back to 9 AM that day. And then they work back to that time period. And, um, which is not unheard of. Like those are common storytelling tactics, but I just think that season six used them a lot more. We saw that happen again in the finale. Um, 
it was just used very yeah a little too much maybe throughout the yeah the season well even the episode it was oh was it the mid-season finale i don't know when they like went nuts and killed like two thousand walkers yeah and then we yeah, they exploded their their water supply and yes <laughs> Yes, um, they drove a gas truck <laughs> and then thousands of zombies into their lake. Yeah, i.e., their one water was, supply. Yeah, which then when they came back, like fine. two or three months later, it was yeah. this time hop. Which, one, my main concern is mm, how is that lake already cleaned up? <laughs> yeah. Like my concern was not how did Carl survive getting shot in the eye? Uh-uh. No, I was like, yeah, okay, makes sense. How did Rick and Michonne get together? No, fine, whatever. <laughs> Guys, what happened to your water yes. source? <laughs> well, and also just coming back after that time and then not... The only reason we know it was two months was because of the talking dead. And Michonne, yeah. or Michonne's actress, yeah. said, it was, oh, it was two months later. And yeah. it's like, I, I don't... I normally don't... I'm not able to watch the show live. So, And I could record the talking dead, of course, but yeah. I hadn't up to this point. Um, but I would have never known that it was like, I don't know if it's two months or yeah, a week. There was or, really no indication other than like things were cleaned up and yeah. people were healing. And, and um, it's kind of, I would be kind of interested to know how that, like, I, I'm more, I'm more interested in the direct aftermath of that than I am like two months later when yeah. everything kind of seems to be hunky dory and people are getting a little too comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there were just some interesting, okay. Um, I want to, let's jump to the finale and, and talk through that. And then we can go back and talk a little bit about, um, Carol's story arc, because I think that was a big one this season and then more general predictions. But before we move on, <clears throat> oh yeah, sorry. I would just like to say rest in peace, Tab- rest in peace, Tabitha. <laughs> you will always have a small part of my heart. <laughs> Oh, Tabitha. She was the best part of the Morgan. That's why I love that Morgan episode. Because there was a pet goat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the finale, Um. we know, built up and built up. And Forever. there were kind of two things happening, which was Rick and a small group trying to... Um, get Maggie to the hilltop doctor because she Mm -hmm. is very sick and looks terrible um, and is maybe dying. Um, And then Carol out on her own, Morgan goes to look for her and they battle and try to fight. Um, And he, Morgan's trying to save Carol. And, um, and so these two things are happening. The Rick and his group, um, encounter the saviors multiple times and they are essentially trapped. Yes. Like they go down one road and the saviors are like, okay, try another, but we'll be there. And so they try a different road and there's more saviors there, like yep. blocking the road. And it just keeps happening. Um, and then the kind of the big cliffhanger at the end is um, we finally meet Negan, which is what I feel like this entire very much the second half of yeah, for this sure. season has been slowly building up to the introduction of Negan, who is the worst described by everyone as the worst villain the group has ever or will ever see. Yeah. Um, so he's finally introduced and he has the whole group lined up and he's going to kill one of them. And then the episode ends. Yep. 
<laughs> well, he picks someone. He picks someone. Yeah. And we know that someone dies. Yes. But they shoot this part from the point of view of the person getting beat. So we don't know, we don't know who, who it, it is. Um, so this we have is, some theories. <laughs> we do. I Yeah. And I, there are many theories. Before we get into the theories, yeah. what, how did you feel about it taking so long to actually meet Negan? Did you think it was a good story element or were were you just kind of wanting to get to it already? And mm-hmm. like, That's a great question. Um, I was very impatient. Yeah. Um, and I, as you know, like I've read the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I... I have now only read the comic up to the point where this episode ends. So I haven't seen past that um, within a little bit of wiggle room. But I thought Negan was going to show up a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. And then a couple months ago, I don't know. I mean, like, they came out and said, like, we know who Negan is going to be. Like, we've cast him and he will show up in the finale. Yeah. And so I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, I have to wait four episodes for this. Um, it felt like it was really, they drug it out pretty far. Yeah. It felt to me. Like, I, I don't know. What it, do you think? Well, I have two feelings. One, I, I definitely think it was dragged out too too much because it frustrated me. I think I texted you a few times. I was like, I just want to meet Negan. Like, let's like, just get this over with. Like, I just want to meet <laughs> this person. Like, he is clearly a big bad. He has all of these people under his wing that yeah. are like mesmerized by him to some degree. I just want to meet him. And even if it wasn't that we met him with the group, but we met him with his people yeah. or something, but like I wanted to know who yeah. he was and, and what And I mean, to they expect. did that with the governor. Like yeah. we met the governor and had a whole storyline of him before we found out how terrible he was yeah. and before he interacted with Rick's group. Yeah. Um, and so, and it, what's really interesting too, and I, I don't know if this applies to the governor, but um, Negan doesn't think he's a bad guy. Mm-mm. Like Negan thinks he like Negan thinks like Rick thinks like Rick thinks that they are the good virtuous group even though yeah. I mean that's questionable like we <laughs> think that because we see it through their perspective and yeah. their eyes but it is questionable whether they are like yeah. the good people um but Negan thinks of himself in that same way mm-hmm. to a certain degree um but I I I will say the perk of it was getting to meet some of his team previously. And also each episode, you kind of realized how much bigger this group really was. Yeah. And like, it wasn't until the finale that you were like, whole, like there are hundreds. There are so many saviors. Like this is something that Rick's team could have never taken on by themselves. Yeah. And you don't really get that scope until that last episode which i do i think that was more of a surprise and like kind of impactful to me than i would have liked to meet negan earlier but i did like the fact that i had no idea or had any like yeah rationale of how big their group really is i think that's a great perspective on like a positive way that while it felt like it took forever (laughs) for us like (laughs) i think for the series, this is going to be a turning point. Yeah. Like, this is a turning point where we've always felt like Rick's group has been the strongest. They've done whatever it takes to survive. They always make it through. Yep. That's not going to happen anymore. No. 
And I think for the audience or for folks who haven't read the comic, it eases you into that. Yeah. Because like they encounter one group and they kill them all. Yeah. They encounter another group and they kill most of them. Yeah. They encounter another group and they kill them all. Yeah. Like they've beat these small groups that they thought were like the oh, gr- yeah. this is the group. Like we're picking them off. Like we've got this, we're fine, we'll just fight and battle them off. Yeah. When really what they're seeing are outposts yep. of the saviors. And this episode, I mean, even just the group traveling with Negan was I don't know. Anywhere from 30 to 50 at least. people at least. Well, because some of the roadblocks had like 25 plus yeah. people sitting there. So I think it eased us into probably the panic and fear that the group was feeling yeah. of like, are we really big or strong enough yeah, to, to take, take over on. or do we need to somehow like backtrack and negotiate yeah. with them and whatever they're asking for? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great, more positive way to view <laughs> why it took forever. I, but I really, I uh, like Negan. And now that I've met Negan, like I want more because he's such an interesting character. And obviously yeah. I want him to go down because he's yeah. the big bad. But um, he's so compelling in a way that the governor never could have been. Like, yeah. Even though the governor was super charismatic and like, yeah, he always had a creep element to yeah. him. You're always like, there's something off about that dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, well the whole time I think I texted you during that, when I was in that season, I was like, I don't trust this person. Yeah. This is too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> My response is always like, just keep watching. <laughs> um, all right. So, so there will be a lot of a lot of theories out there. There's a couple great articles that we will share for those that want to read more on yes. like the theories. Um, but as a thought exercise, <laughs> let's go through who we think. Um, oh, and the one thing they did talk about on the Talking Dead, because sorry to backtrack, there were all of these articles that came out from the cast making comments saying that the finale was the most intense they've ever filmed. And like how, and like we were sitting there watching it. We had a couple friends from my office come over to watch and like, we were all just like, okay, this is no more intense than anything. Yeah. But why they've now indicated that it was so intense was because one, they like filmed the entire time. So when Negan is giving his speech in a normal show, they would have like tennis balls, just like tennis balls oh, on yeah. the ground, or so like, like stand ins, stand in something that's not the actual cast, and the actual cast stayed for like the twenty hours of him filming and yeah, his creating monologue. that perfect monologue. Yeah. But also, the cast doesn't know who's going to die. Yeah, like because they didn't need to film that for this, the cast doesn't know, and so that felt very intense for them. Yeah. Um. So let's go through. Okay. Do you think Rick will die? No. <laughs> also, I think no. But if he did, just for conversation's sake, okay. what do you think would happen with the group moving forward? I think that Michonne would step up to be the leader, and I think Daryl would be a very close number two. Yeah. Daryl is not a leader, like, he doesn't have that same charisma and ability to, like, mm-hmm. lead people. But he is a great, like, right-hand man. Like, yeah. he will stand by you and do everything possible to protect the group. So I think he would kind of be Michonne's number two. But I yeah. think it would be Michonne. Okay. I was thinking that it would be Maggie or Michonne. Yeah. 
Um, but also neither of us think Rick is going to die. <laughs> yeah, so, so moving on. <laughs> so moving on. If Glenn dies, how does that impact the long-term path of the story? So one, I, I'll just say I think it is Glenn that dies. Yeah. Um, I, I think that some of the joy that the show has and like those small pieces would be gone because Glenn yeah. would be gone. Um, and I, I, I just wrote here like Maggie and Glenn, like have a love that is the strongest we've ever seen on the show. Like significantly stronger yeah. than Rick and Lori. Even. Oh yeah. And Rick was like a mess when Lori died. So I can, and only, they hated each other at they, the time. Yeah. And they were, it was yeah. weird. Whatever. Um, Lori's the worst. Yeah. And Maggie and Glenn just have something that's so different than anything else we've seen on the show yeah. in terms of love and like compassion for one another. Um, I think it, I think it breaks one of the few remaining ties. Yeah, that you know, like of love that the show has. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what Maggie will do. Yeah, if Maggie survives, to be honest. Yeah, like she is very sick looking. <laughs> she's not looking well. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. And I, yeah, I also think it's Glenn. I, I think that if it is Glenn, I think Maggie, I I mean, like we've seen her start to be this leader within the group and be, and Rick views her that way more than Mm -hmm. ever. And I think the group feels that way. Um, uh, because Deanna really liked Maggie and wanted Maggie to lead. I think that Maggie will want nothing to do with Alexandria. Yeah. I think that she'll find another group or what, like, I don't know. I just feel like there will be some, (laughs) maybe not the saviors, (laughs) but we, we now know there are multiple other groups that aren't the saviors at this point. And I just, I just feel like there's going to be some break from Rick's group that she can't reconnect at least yeah. At least through season seven. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just think it'll be a little disjointed. But, okay. If Daryl dies, how does that impact the story? I quit. <laughs> I will say that if Daryl dies, we riot. <laughs> like, the whole fan base will riot. No, he can't. It can't. No. If we... If we lose Daryl, we lose a huge portion, like, of the essence of the I, show. I think, and what's weird for me to think about is that he hasn't had a huge part in this season, Mm -mm. which also makes me think he won't die because normally they kill people off at like the peak of their story. (laughs) Thank you, Walking Dead. Um, So I don't think he's had a big enough role. Um, He also was shot in the episode prior and we haven't addressed like how he gets better or heals or doesn't. And I think them shooting him would be a cop out. Yeah. But... We also discussed that, like, um, whatever, the dummy dum-dum that shot him, like, Daryl's not going to go down getting shot by no. a henchman. No. He's going to go down by getting killed by Negan if he would. Yeah. So I could see the story going that way. But I don't – I honestly, like, I feel like he's a fan favorite. But to the story, I don't know that he's important enough right now to yeah, the to- story that it would shift any sort of trajectory of the group. Yeah. I don't know. So I just, I don't think it's him, but if, if he were to die, I, I feel like that would like create more resolve for the Alexandrians to, 
continue to grow and get stronger and like be pissed yeah more than they would feel broken yeah Yeah, like i think if rick died or glenn died like that breaks the group yeah if daryl dies it just makes them angry yeah i don't know I also, from, like, a strategic point of view, from Negan's perspective, like, he, in his monologue, kept reiterating the fact that he wants them to go to work for him. Yeah. And so, looking at someone like Daryl, like, Daryl looks strong and, like, independent and, like, he yeah. can fight and, you Street know. smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I feel like from a... And Glenn doesn't have those characteristics in his, like, physical presence. Yeah. Um. So I feel like also from a strategic standpoint and Negan's eyes, like killing Daryl would only do more harm to his overall mission. Yeah. Whereas he might see Glenn as, and Glenn isn't, but he just from a perspective point of view might see Glenn as kind of a weak link. Yeah. Especially with his attachment to Maggie, which was articulated in yeah. their lineup. Um, and he sees how sick Maggie is. And so he's like, well, this, I mean, if she dies, this guy's going to be useless, useless anyway. Yeah. So that's also how I'm thinking of it. Yeah. I think um, just in terms of like the other members of that group that are there kind of in this lineup, um, I don't see Carl dying. No. I mean, like you don't save a kid who's been shot in the eye just to like kill him later. <laughs> also, they in this line was telling, um, he said, uh, oh. Oh, because he doesn't want anyone to scream. He yeah. says, you can cry and you can be sad, but don't scream. You can't scream. And he said, if the kid screams, rip out his other eyeball and shove it down his dad's throat. Yeah. So that, to me, is also an indicator that, like, it's not Rick, Rick or, or Carl. Yeah. I think um, Sasha and Abraham are both also in the lineup, but in the same way for Daryl, for them, actually, I don't think right now they're important enough to be some sort of story catalyst no. for the next season. Yeah. And and also, like, I can see the perspective of wanting to kill off a fan favorite to get that yeah. rise. And since Daryl isn't in the comics, too, he kind of is, like, an expendable yeah. character. That's it's pretty, always... <laughs> you never really know. Um, but Sasha and Abraham, we just don't... They just haven't done enough for the group yet to, like, have any kind of real yeah. impact. Yeah. But I would, and then I would get over their death really quickly. Yeah. It would be okay. Like, yeah. I think that's fair. Um, all right. So we will wait several months to find out what happens. Uh. And I think this is just like my last point on the finale is um, we were looking at like Rotten Tomatoes actually has this episode at 45%. Yeah. Like people were very angry about it. And I think this goes back to my feeling of, of how many tricks were used. I think it would have actually been a, a much more impactful um, way to to tell the story if they would have killed the person yes. and shown it yes. and then ended. Yeah. Like immediately end after pointing at who he picks or something. Yeah. Like versus this trick of like, oh, now we don't know. Like you don't need to use that type of cliffhanger yeah i just think it would have been way more powerful as a story if you would have um picked who it was and then gone to credits yeah because that's still a huge cliffhanger of like well is it really gonna happen mm -hmm. what's gonna happen next yeah <laughs> like, like we do now they just let him go after that or yeah like, like there's still enough 
um, anticipation and anxiety of, of how it turns the story. But I just feel like it was, I don't know. I didn't appreciate the the type of this cliffhanger, I yeah, guess. I know it's obnoxious. And it also, I think, takes away from the story in general because now all anyone is talking about is who, who does he killed. killed. Yeah. Like, there's no, no one's talking about, like, well, what does this mean for the group and what, you know, where will they go from here and how are they going to get out of this immediate situation? It's yeah. just, yeah. Who gets killed? And we have to wait months and months and months. I know. And yeah, like it is a little bit more frustrating. I mean, because in the comic, we know. Yeah. Like I know in the comic who gets picked. Yeah. And we know how that changes the group and what moves forward. But the fact that they aren't addressing it this season yeah. and are trying to indicate like, well, it might be someone different. We might stray from the comic. We might do something else. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's good because it's getting us talking about it and we're very worked up about it. But yeah, whatever. I also think it doesn't put a, a finale to season six, like by not knowing. Yeah. Like I feel like then I don't know. I don't. I feel like it'll be a disjointed start to season seven because we'll find out, and who knows how they'll do it too. Like we might, they might do like a four month time hop, and suddenly like, which would also be like a total cop out yeah. because you need to come back to that moment exactly. Yeah. Like you need to go from there. Yeah. You can't just skip ahead and then be like, oh, okay, well this person died and everyone was sad, but then they got over it. Yeah. And now four months later, here's what they're doing. Yeah. Like that's just yeah. a story cop out. That's like I political agree. shows who are like, we're going to give the biggest speech of our lives. <laughs> yeah. And then they skip airing a speech and yep. they just come back to like afterwards. It's like that was great. It's because writers don't want to have to worry about what to actually put <laughs> yeah. into that. Yeah. Um, so one of the other big discussions around this season has been Carol. Yes. She has had a very interesting kind of story arc throughout this season. Um, and I just wanted to know what you thought about it. I think generally speaking, like there's been a lot of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, the concern is kind of she has been a character that has consistently gotten stronger. Yeah. And she makes decisions that some people don't agree with, but she's always very strategic. She's always been thinking out for the group and trying to think five steps ahead in a different direction than maybe Rick is so yeah. that it's like a backup plan. She always is there to save them or have a backup plan. Yeah. And I feel like things have gotten so bad now that she's breaking and that yeah. makes me nervous. Like, I feel like it's telling of what's happening that, like, Carol is finally starting to break. Um, so where we really started to see it, or at least where I think I started to see it, was um, when they were kidnapped. Maggie and Carol were kidnapped by the Saviors. Yeah. And Carol had a rosary, which I don't... Where did she get? She picked it up off the ground okay. when they were um, trapped. Trapped. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I missed that. So that's interesting to find out. But I thought she was faking. Like, I yeah. thought that this was like her plan to like yeah. get the sympathy of these women captors and like. Yeah. Which she's done before. When they went into Alexandria, she pretended to be this like suburban yeah, housewife, housewife and act as though she didn't know anything about guns or weapons or anything so that she could kind of fool them into thinking she was naive and yeah. innocent. Um, yeah, so I totally thought she was just playing along to try, like, an angle. Like, this was her angle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, but like you were saying, since she's been freed from her abusive husband, like, she's gotten stronger and stronger, um, and she's gotten more realistic about, like, 
what kind of world she's living in. Like yeah. she killed a murderous little girl and, yeah. um, you know, she killed and burned the flu victims in season three. I don't three. Even know. I yeah, two three. or three. Um, I think it was three because two. It was like the start of yeah. three. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's done things that most other cast members could not. Um, so I get why she's breaking. Like, all of this is finally probably yeah. way. And especially being in Alexandria where, like, immediate threat is kind of gone. Like, they're not under the threat of, like, a walker sneaking up on them. I don't know how they can sneak up on them. <laughs> That's beside the point. Like, when they're camping out in the woods. Yeah. You know, like, there's that that level of threat is gone. Yeah. Um. So she now has a time, like, a second to breathe and, yeah. you know, realize everything that she's done and has had to do. Um. But I'm also kind of annoyed that it's happening. Yeah. And I've admitted before, Carol's not my favorite character. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel real close connection with her at all. Yeah. Um, and I also got really upset that Morgan shot the savior. Uh-huh. It kind of pissed me off. He completely broke his code. It really like knock him out. Her. Yeah. Knock him like you've done it before. Like you wanted to save the wolves. Yeah. Who were like a different type of murderous, but like I don't know, it just made me mad. <laughs> yeah. I think there'll be dramatic implications for Morgan breaking his code of not killing yeah. um, when he went and, and shot the savior to save Carol. But I think, um, and some of the reviews and critics have talked about really negative view of Carol's story arc and that it felt very forced. Yeah. And that it was really just to help drag on before like Negan arrived. <laughs> I don't disagree um, with that either. And I mean, I feel like, I think it's understandable that someone could break like, yes. I think it's understandable that after being trapped one-on-one -on -one and kidnapped when she was with Maggie and the two saviors, that, like, they almost didn't make it out of there. And then they did terrible things yeah. in order to survive that, like, a person could reach their breaking point. Um, but I just, I don't know. It just, it feels weird. Yeah. It feels weird to see her, like, weak and shaky and unsure of herself and like questioning everything yeah. it just feels so against her character yeah like when sasha had her breakdown it felt yeah. much more genuine yeah and even and even though sasha wasn't a main character for us like i believed it yeah and with carol i still feel like it's kind of fake like yeah. even when she met the saviors on the road and then ended up blowing almost all of them away like because she had sewn a gun into the yeah. coat of her like the arm of her coat yeah I don't know. There's just like, I feel like there's some inconsistencies of like, she can't be around the group anymore, but she's still capable of like murdering to save herself, which is fine. I'm not against that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it I don't does, know. I don't know. It feels very weird. Like, I'm not sure if it's like various writers are having like different writers are incorporating things into her story that yeah. aren't consistent, but it just, it doesn't feel like Carol. And so it's hard it's hard and annoying to watch. And it also feels like it's coming out of nowhere, at least for me. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like there was any lead up. And you're right, like, getting kidnapped by the women and things, but had to do. But she broke down before that. Like, she was, she was broken down. She was down. having a hard time before that. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I don't know. I do it's not think my favorite part. I know. It's kind of <laughs> annoying that it's just, like, happening. Yeah. Um, thinking about general predictions 
um, for Carol, for Alexandria, for the group, kind of leading into season seven. The one thing I do think that Carol will rejoin the group. Yes, of course. Um, Or she'll die. Or she'll die. It's one of those two options. And I don't think they're going to kill her off, even though she's been shot like four times. That's the other annoying thing. Yeah. In that battle of her getting away from the saviors, like she is very injured. Yes. She is. She's a gut wound. She's been shot in the leg. Yeah. They don't Um, have a doctor anymore. Yeah. Um, I do. So I think she'll join back the group because anything else would be even more annoying. Um, I do think that like Rick is going to fall from grace a little bit just in terms of like the group realizes that they're not the strongest. Mm -hmm. He's not the strongest leader. And I think the whole group is going to have a hard time. Um, like this sense of like a reckoning. Yeah. (laughs) Like they're not going to be able to figure that out for a while. Yeah. I basically, I think pretty much the same thing. I think we're going to see a breakdown within the group in general as well. Um, especially the folks from Alexandria that have literally just been tra- trained in the last couple of months that yeah. aren't really battle tested at all. Yeah. Um, and don't really have too much of an allegiance to Rick. No. Yet. Like I'm sure they appreciate him saving them multiple times, but yeah, there isn't a strong built in loyalty yet. No. If something were to shake up the dynamics of the group. Um, and I also think that Carol either will die excuse me (laughs) um or we'll um go back to the group because anything else would be just super weird yeah they can only keep her and morgan separated from the group for so long before it's like okay yeah (laughs) yeah let's let's move on (laughs) yeah um i do love one of the i think it was the av club article which i'll share had just some like final points about um the finale and like thoughts in general and like one of their comments, final comments was just as a reminder, father Gabriel is in charge of security. (laughs) Like meanwhile, we have this group who, you know, all of the leaders are like in this truck and you've left total randos back in Alexandria. We know the saviors are a very large group. Like they know where Alexandria is. And they know where it is. And so, They've now separated the leader yeah. from the safe space, and <laughs> you've left Father Gabriel in charge. It's like, do you trust me? No. Which is weird. Um, <laughs> no, so I do not. <laughs> I do feel like there'll be some pretty immediate impact on like the actual space of yeah. Alexandria when we first pick up in season yeah. seven. I think there's going to be a lot of dead people. Um, so, yeah. I think... Overall, um, I don't know if I am a good judge because I love the show so much (laughs) that I might have a low bar. I think the season was a little bit rough um, at times. Some really amazing episodes and some episodes you just had to like kind of get through. Yeah. um, Which is a little bit unlike previous seasons for me. Yeah. Um, But we're going to come back to some intensity and I think a completely different kind of hierarchy of of power within the surviving world yeah i agree so i agree that's all i got on the walking dead that's which all i've is got a lot fear the walking dead starts tonight it does i'm not i'm i'll watch it <laughs> <laughs> meh, 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 i'll watch it <laughs> have we decided is it a full season do we know oh i don't know i was thinking about that um 
I like don't even know the that promos to me, I it just I just like The Walking Dead so much more than the first season of Fear the Walking Dead, and even the promos for this next season aren't really like yeah. exciting to me. Um, though AMC has a tendency to not be very detailed with their promos. It's kind of like, <laughs> here's people fighting and here's someone looking at someone and that's all. Yeah. With all of their shows, they do that. Um, I haven't seen actually how many episodes we're going to get with season two. Um, let me see here. It just said, I don't know. Um, I do think something that's interesting, just from like Fear the Walking Dead, when The Walking Dead started, it was so new and and what was happening and like how the walkers reacted or how survivors reacted, like that was all new to us. Yeah. And so I think something that's going to be near impossible for Fear the Walking Dead to overcome is that we know more than they do. Yeah, and it's really frustrating. <laughs> like, you know, and so you have to kind of wipe that from your brain to be able to watch and not be frustrated. Yeah. Because it's like, you idiots. Like, we've been dealing with this for six years. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've hypothesized so many times, like, how to save yourself and what to do and what s- supplies you should yeah. get. And so to see them making constant mistakes, I think that's just this difficult thing for the audience that like yeah. we have to overcome to enjoy the show in a different way. And I think, um, I think it was Kara- Carolyn who said, um, it seems like anyway, in these, in these worlds, it, both the walking dead and fear the walking dead that prior to these outbreaks, there was no, like zombies, like zombies weren't a thing in yeah. their culture. Yeah. Because like even in our, like even take away the walking dead and fear of the walking dead, like we still as a culture have like this idea of what zombies are and how you kill them and yes. like what you do. So if there were a zombie apocalypse, like everyone would kind of have a leg up because yeah. it's been in our culture. I think that's a great point. So it, I think there is that, that kind of idea that they don't have that in their mm-hmm. culture. And that's why this is also not that it wouldn't be shocking for us, obviously, but right. We would know you have to shoot them in the head. Mistakes would be na- made, but I think we'd be a little <laughs> over eager to like yeah. deal with the situation. Yeah. Um, and I did, it will be a full 15, 15 yeah, episode um, season. Yeah. So starting tonight, which is April 10th. We're, um, that will take, and they'll have some kind, some break. So that'll take us pretty close up to. It'll get us pretty close to around Halloween when Walking Dead will come back. Yeah, so far away. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We'll all manage. Okay, you can go back and watch other seasons again. Yeah. Um. Well, I feel like maybe the past two topics of this episode <laughs> haven't been super uplifting. <laughs> So let's end on one good note. Gilmore Girls! Which is Gilmore Girls. The reboot is filming as we speak. And did you know they only have two and a half months to film all of it? Fast. They're They're being efficient. Yeah, they're going to finish up in May. Because they had to like get everyone's schedules within like (laughs) two and a half months. Um, And then I don't know when it's going to, when it's expected to hit. But I know they'll wrap up um, shooting in May. Okay. And the latest news was that Melissa McCarthy um, just announced that she will be reprising her her role as Sookie. There were a lot, when it was first announced, there was a lot of like kind of drama that she wasn't coming back. And then she said she'd never been asked, I think. (sighs) 
and that they just assumed with her filming schedule she'd be too, too busy, busy. and yeah. that seems to have been worked out and <laughs> yes. she is headed to um be a part of it i so. think i i will probably give this um this to the fans because i think they probably expressed enough outrage that sookie would not be there that they had to work something out yeah i don't know yeah, whatever happened behind the scenes, she'll be back, and that's been the latest, Yay. the latest drama. But I'm excited for that, and that should be uplifting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I got. All right, cool. Well, thanks for joining us on this tour of season six <laughs> of The Walking Dead. <laughs> Join us next week, where we or not next week, two weeks, two from weeks. Now. Oops. Yeah. When we will be, I don't know, discussing some other fabulous topics. (laughs) Yes. Um, I think we might need to try out Twitter's new poll feature and see Mm. um, what everyone feels about who's going to die and and how your your feelings are about season six finale of The Walking Dead. Um, And otherwise, feel free to share your feedback and thoughts on Facebook. Um, Ask questions. Give us your theories. And that's all at facebook.com slash likely story show. Uh, we love feedback. So tweet using the likely story hashtag, hashtag likely story. Or you can tweet to Shelby at Shelby Elizabeth or me at Polly and K. Uh, subscribe, obviously, in your favorite podcatcher. Uh, RSS feeds, iTunes buttons are on the website. Let us know if you have questions about how to do that. We can help. We can help. Um, You can support us to help keep the mics on and the editing happening for our show (laughs) at patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And as always, thank you to our amazing Patreon sponsors, Carolyn Kraut and Benji Robinson. You guys are awesome. Yay. Thanks so much. Bye.